Welcome in to another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose. Today, I'm joined by Yvonne Haley, founder and president of Haley Industrial Coatings and Linings. Yvonne, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Uh, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Yes, but absolutely. As it often is in SoCal, right? Right, it is. We don't, it's a little hot out, though. So we're yeah. not doing any work outside today. Yeah. But yeah, it is a beautiful day. Well, I I think a good place to start for any of our listeners that don't know you or your company by name recognition, you have been profiled in our magazine a couple of times, but for anyone unfamiliar with you or Haley Industrial, uh, what are some of your career highlights and I suppose highlights for the company as well? Thank you. Um, that's what my name is Yvonne Haley, and uh, I was born in Puerto Rico, Santos de Puerto Rico, and um, I got in this business about 41 years ago. I just graduated UCSB, and I uh, was looking for a job, and I really hadn't heard about coding before or anything like that, but my father was a contractor, and my brother's a scientist, and so we always were doing stuff with chemistry. And I got a job with uh, John Stevens, with Stevens Protective Coatings. And um, I, you know, I had to run his office and I learned how to type bids and what he did and all that. And it fascinated me. And uh, during that time, um, I would take walks during, uh, during my lunch. And um, I, noticed, I noticed a lot of things in the neighborhood. It was actually the city of commerce where a different area of commerce, but where my company is today. And I noticed a lot of things. And what I found was like, you know, some plants that were, you know, chemical plants and, um, and that, you know, a lot of them were things got into the soil and stuff and the people were affected. Mm -hmm. So I got really into the makeup of coatings. I wanted, what is this? What causes that? So I started going to world of concrete and taking a lot of classes. And that's over like 40 years ago. And I got involved with some of the, like the organizations there I wanted to join, you know, the ones back then. And I wanted to learn as much as I could. And I did. And so also at that time, I um, somehow got involved with the battery industry. It was GMB battery and city of industry. And, um, you know, I used my chemical background and all the wonderful manufacturers that were out there then to help me solve a lot of their product problems, you know, in their plants. Mm -hmm. And the main one is to keep it from leaking into the soil, you know, and, and getting into like groundwater. Cause most of the people in neighborhoods and communities have gardens and grow fruit trees and stuff like that. Right. And so I really got really into it. And the more I got into it, the more I loved it. And so being single and being young, I could travel. So Exide, I mean, GMB, I say Exide because Exide bought GMB. But GMB took me to like Columbus, Georgia, Florence, Mississippi, New Orleans, you know, Iowa, Mexico, a lot of places. And so, and I took my crew, you know, I start and I took the crew. And so anyway, that's kind of how I got started in it. And, uh, and of course you get known People say, oh, you got a problem in the Middle East? Oh, there's this girl that comes around. <laughs> she could help you. 
And so I'd go to World of Concrete, people would say, somebody's looking for you. You know, I said, why me? And they go, I don't know, he's from he's from Lebanon or, you know, someplace. Mm-hmm. And it was that same thing, like, you know, all that, you know, uh, corrosion and different things that happened because of UV and the sun and the heat and the wind. And, and so the more they asked, the more I looked and the more I searched. And that's kind of like how I got it got going, really. And, um, you know, had I had a family or something, I probably couldn't have given as much time as I did. But I did, and I started solving problems, you know. And uh, I was called the ba- the battery queen for a long time, <laughs> you know, or chemical queen. Because I, you yeah. know, I can only do some funny things. Like I remember doing a floor in Mississippi, but they didn't have enough downtime. Mm-hmm. So I bought all this paraffin wax and I melted it in big giant things and poured it over my floor, right? Yeah. After the dried, because acid would eat the, the wax, but that would give the, the uh, floor five days of cure time because that's about how long it took, you know, it took the uh, acid to eat the wax. And so I did a lot of stuff like that. But And then when, you know, XI bought GMB, you know, they they kind of inherited me. And um, so that's kind of how I got going. I mean, I did Pepsi and I Coca-Cola. You know, I do a lot of pharmaceutical today and Disneyland mm-hmm. and Universal. So today is different because, you know, today I got a lot of a lot of companies that we do business with. But it all started a long time ago. Let's and, talk um, Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Some phones are ringing here in my office. I'm trying to shut them off. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Let's talk about your current company, Haley Industrial Coatings and Lining, where you guys have phones ringing off the hook. Apparently, it's nice that business <laughs> is good. Um, your mission statement on your website, HaleyIndustrial.com, we're a proud woman-owned small business with large business capabilities. That is something that is certainly a minority in the coatings industry or corrosion control for that matter. There aren't a lot of woman-owned contractors. What was that process like for you as a woman in this industry, starting up your own company, founding it, and what are some of the challenges and I suppose opportunities as well being in the uh, clear minority when it comes to a business in our industry owned by a woman? Well, it was it was difficult, really, you know. I mean, uh, technical businesses have always been kind of, you know, man-run, you know. Mm-hmm. My brother's a scientist. He, he founded something for MS and still hasn't come out. But, I mean, you know, but he, being a man, it wasn't that hard to get, you know. He went to, to Georgia and was at the uh, a disease control, you know, lab there for a long time working on it. But with me... Uh, you know, a lot of it, I called him, of course, too, because he had laughed. I go, what did you <laughs> use in your lab, you know? And right. he would tell me, you know, stuff like that. But basically, I had to try. Today, I think I said that to someone. What I had to do was I had to try it, you know? When I got a, you know, a, a, a job somewhere that was difficult, I remember the first job for, for GMB and City of Industry. It was a tank farm. It was brick. The acid had eaten the, all the grout out and it's underneath the brick, you know, what could I use there, right? And back then there was Wisconsin Protective Coatings. And so I called them up 
you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and I asked a lot of questions and mainly it was like I had to do it, mm-hmm. right? They gave me some stuff. I had a, you know, I always had a good crew because I always treated people the way I like to be treated. So, you know, I wasn't starving them and pocketing myself. I always shared. And so we went out and we took care of it, right? And, 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 I, and I was in the whole $32,000. I'll never forget it. And I went in to the guy. I said, well, you know, I have a little problem. And I said, and it was, you know, <laughs> he said, what is it? And I said, well, I'm short about 32000 and I won't be making much on that. And he said to me, okay, I'm going to give you 50000 more. And I, I said, you are? He said, well, you're 100000 less or 150000 less than the other company. <laughs> so, you know, I know it sounds weird, but I always, I love him dearly. I did work for them for many years until they retired. But, yeah, and I didn't make that mistake again. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I really did my homework. I tried to do it. But in those kind of cases, so that's a lot of what I did. Like, you know, when I learned about resins, like, like MMA, right, methamethacrylate, like they said, you know, um, okay, it dries in an hour for forklift. It holds its color. It bonds to this. You can do this with it. But you know what I do? I I do it. I'd have companies like Rykoff, and I'd say, well, it says it takes heat. It says it does this. What about if I do a job for you, and if it doesn't work, you don't pay me, but if it does work, you pay me and you give me more work. And they'd say yes, and it would work, you know. So I invented MMA, fiberglass walls and ceilings. I, I invented all kinds of stuff with it because it worked, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably different because it's different today. Today, you know, manufacturers say, oh, this, you know, use this and do it this way, and that's that, you know. I don't know if people do it, you know, but I still do it that way, honestly. So I think when you don't know any, as much as others, or you're not part of the clique, you know, you have to kind of learn yourself. So sometimes people are not that, you know, kind or not that helpful, but then there's others that are wonderful. So that I would say for me as a woman, you know, they look at you, you know, sometimes like you don't know what you're talking about. But every time I go into a plant, there's a bunch of things, but when I go into a plant and I see it and it's 20 years later, and it really, the foundation is still good, and it looks good, and it worked. Nothing seeped into that soil, and nothing seeped in anywhere. When I go to, like, Florence, Mississippi, and I look at all those schools and churches and the plant and everything, everything's clean. It looks safe. Kids can play outside in the grass. I feel proud of what I've done, you know? And um, and now with the virus and everything, you know, I they go into our pharmaceutical plants and check the walls and test everything. And they always come out clean. That tells me another thing, right? So I guess I would say, and I, I got, you know, I was interviewed by Tom Brokoff on, on Heartbeat of the City a couple of times. And he asked me how I got into it. And I said, well, you know, my, my partner was killed in a car accident. So I was a single mom and I needed a job. And that's how I got started. And then I typed these bits to somebody, and I learned what we, what he did. So I learned the business, like typing his work. Mm. And then I went, you know, and, and then I thought, oh, 
I loved it. I love, you know, Mountain Dew. So I call the Mountain Dew plant, which was Pepsi, you know. And I, or I like, uh, I coffee hot dogs. I like the bacon. So I called on them, you know, and, and, uh, and they've been my customer for, I mean, gosh, the whole time. I, they took an old plant over in Vernon, and I helped do all the floors and, and, and a lot of the walls and stuff. We made it really nice. Mm-hmm. So any and it were and functionable. Everything looks nice and functionable. You know, I want it to function. But you know, so in a way, that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And um, and a lot of times, uh, that going that way, it comes back around. Mm-hmm. So here I am. I should maybe retire, and maybe I should, you know. And I do get a lot of time to do what I want. But but um, those businesses that I took care of that changed names to somebody else came back around, but some people are there mm. and they go, remember the work you did for me, you know, in the peanut butter and jelly plant and salsa plant and all that. Well, you know, mm. now I'm in charge of a dairy. Can you come help me here? So we really, we really have been lucky. I don't, I mean, I, I go on LinkedIn or whatever that is, but I don't really put much stuff up, but but we do like you know a lot of really important companies, and and um, one of the things you know was when the pandemic started, General Mills sent me a copy of a letter that they sent to Homeland Security, and what it said was you know Yvonne Haley and and Haley Industrial Coatings employees and um, and all should be allowed to work. Uh, to continue to work during this time because what they do is critical mm. to what's going on. And that makes me feel like, wow, you know, and somebody saw what we're trying to do because it is more than just money. It's really, yep. it, it it really is, you know? So I don't know. Um, like I said, we, uh, Disneyland, they love us. You know, we've been doing like small world and, all these different things, and we're working on Space Mountain, mm-hmm. and then Universal. Universal has a new, new kind of land coming up, and we got that job. They want us to do it probably because of Disney, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, and then we have our plants like Ripples and 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 Cicada and uh, B Brawn and um, um, you know other other yeah Life Science, you know, and and Select Supplements. And they, I could go on and on. Yep. There's a lot of them. And it's still difficult sometimes. You know, like I, you know, I, I go into, um, I know one of those companies I mentioned we went into because a guy from Baxter went to work there and he brought us in. And we, it was really not a pharmaceutical plant by the normal standards. And I, I did the first pharmaceutical-like work there. And, you know, it was hard because, um, because, they liked this other guy, but he couldn't do that. And so they kept asking me to write the instructions down. <laughs> Could you, we would like you to write down everything you do step by step. I said, I can't do that. You know, yeah. I can give you a bid, you know, but that's the kind of thing too that happens sometimes, you know, because it still is a man's world in that, in this industry. Sure. But I will say that women know a lot. And uh, and we have a good eye, um, you know, because I started, I remember, you know, started with, I did those, those fresh vegetables and 
Yuma, Arizona, fiberglass walls, you know, and ceilings and floor. And, you know, and I remember a guy driving a forklift on my uh, ceiling and it didn't go through, you know, and uh, because the fiberglass I was used to using was kind of like a boat fiberglass. Mm. And that's what I had used, you know. And so that was like 40 years ago, 38 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. Technically, since you've been doing this for a few decades now, what are some of the ways that the materials and the products themselves have changed over the last 30, 40 years relative to when you started? What are some of the things, technically speaking, that you did? can do today, be it with materials, the equipment, um, new regulations, whatever it may be. What are some of the things that you're doing now that you couldn't have imagined doing, you know, 30 or so years ago when you were first starting out in this? Well, I think like um, a lot of the materials, we bought them raw and we did our own blending, you know, Mm -hmm. we made our own epoxies and, um, we had a better control of it that way, um, but um, but it was a lot of hand laying down, you know, trial men, a lot of, you know, hand stuff. And today um, they have, you know, they have screeds, they have different tools you can use, and the preparation as well. The preparation when I first started was like, I think they chipped up stuff and acid edge and soaked it. And today you might you know still have to do some of that, but there's like diamond grinders and blasters and stuff like that, so you can get more done, you know, more done quickly. You have they have blasters now that can do fifteen thousand square feet in an hour or so. So you know, and then as far as materials go, I think the material thing was up and down because, like they would say, you can't have phenol, right? No phenol in epoxies. So you go, oh, my God, what does phenol do? Oh, my God, that that actually gives it its chemical resistance, its strength and all that. So what are you going to do? It doesn't work then, right? And even helps in the curing process. So they say no phenol, right? So then people try to find something else to, to cover for the phenol, but it doesn't work as good. And somehow mm-hmm. they shift where they make it. And before you know it, it kind of has gotten back into materials and it's come back around, you know. And then, you know, so that's been one of the things. They're like people have heard more about MEK and acetone, right? You can't have solvents in any products, right? Mm-hmm. And so so you look at all those products that cure by solvents. And you go, oh, my God, you know, you can't have anything. You can only have water-based, mm-hmm. you know, and water-based can't take you know, any, you know, like sulfuric acid or any of that stuff. So there's been a lot of change, but it seems to come back around. Like I noticed what I, okay, I made epoxies when I first started, but John Stevens had learned, you know, he had learned that and I learned from him. And then, but the epoxies would turn green, right? They weren't color stable. And then, you know, like to make them kind of look nice, you got to go black, right? Because otherwise the gray turned green and all of that. And then, you know, um, I want to say Air Products, but there was another company before them that I really loved. And I can't think of them, but they started doing some things and changing some chemistry where the, you know, epoxies would hold their color. But they always gave in chemical resistance, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So they always said, okay, for sulfuric acid, and uh, um, 98% and or, or that kind of thing, you have to use a Novolac, which never looked that good, right? Because it had a lot of volume of, 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 of phenol and stuff. So you see a change in chemistry that all of a sudden there's moisture problems, right? And mold and all that. And so along comes the new technology, you know, cementitious urethane, right? Mm-hmm. And cementitious urethane, they, they can take high heat, they can take moisture from below and all of that, but they have cement in them. So guess what? They hairline crack. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. all hairline crack, okay? So, you know, then you, you got, so then you got to think, okay, so they came out with, people would put epoxy over them, but epoxy didn't have the heat for them. So for your thing, and cement, some of them can take up to 300 degrees, you know, um, uh, the epoxy would take 120. Mm-hmm. So along came new technology. They got a roll-on. So there were some urethanes that, like roll-on urethanes that could take heat, and they would try to mix them and stuff, like top coat them. But the, te- the thing I've noticed the most that's so funny is that the urethane cements, in a way, not as good as epoxy in a way, but better than epoxy the other way. Turn mm-hmm. green too. They have that color problem issue, but they're not color stable. So I laugh at a way because it's like things are repeating itself. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants a green floor. I mean, you know, right. that color, you know. And so they go into like you know thinner versions because it seems thinner versions of things can take heat better because there's less to burn, right? And stuff. So anyway, technology has changed. And the laws have changed. I mean, like the EPA, um, they they say one year you can use this and you can't use that, but then the next year you can use that and you can't use this. So you have to be technical if you want to be a good installer. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, they want to sell products to everybody, but not everybody can meet the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, to protect, because that's the whole idea, is to protect our environment, to protect our investments, and that kind of thing. You know, yep. companies that are that are making pharma, you know, pharmaceuticals and making uh, like Bebron makes like penicillin and those kind of things and child drugs like for children, like penicillin for children, um, and that they want to be cleanable. They need to be clean, and they need to be, you know, they need to not let like bacteria and mold and stuff like that grow. They have to be clean rooms, which is what we call them, you know. So there's a lot of changing. But I'll tell you one thing, the biggest change I've found is that people are spending the money to do it right. People are wanting to do it right. And, um, and, and those companies like myself that do it right are doing very well right now. I think that's a great that perspective. It's so true when you're doing it right. You know, I I don't know. I used to wonder, like, when I first started doing a lot more pharmaceuticals and stuff, if 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 it was a problem to do good work, because then you wouldn't have to do it over, right, yeah. all the time. And uh, and I always thought, wow, people would say, well, you know, once you get in there, that you're going to do it every year. And I go, I'd say, but where are they going to grow to? 
where are they growing? I mean, they've they got that much property. Are they going up? No, you're going to do your own work over. Well, why would I do my own work over? Because that's what they do. But what if it doesn't need done over, you know? I couldn't, <laughs> it was a whole other, you know, mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's mainly because it has to be perfect. So if it's damaged any which way, yep. you know, it has to be, you know, that, not totally done over. You know, I know I, I'm I'm doing work for a company where they wanted to go to a different company type resin, and I, I called a consultant and I said, why would you want to tear up something that's really good and working, no moisture problems, no failure, no blistering, no, and, and try to start all over. Mm-hmm. And of course they did. They didn't. So we didn't, you know. They just changed the color for the new company, you know, the new company that took over. But yep. coatings are really important today too because, you know, I mean, and now, now they're, they're probably going to need it in outer space. <laughs> I did a job for JPL where they worked on the space shuttle and I, a couple of times, you know, because that's another thing in, in coatings. Things have to be grounded, like, you know, in a lot of different plants where they make, um, uh, like, gunpowder or things like, you know, very technical. Because, you you know, when you walk into an area, you're, you're carrying a lot of electricity, a lot of yep. charge in your body. And you do that, you step in, you can burn up a whole thing. And JPL, I've been trying to get money to do work for a long, long time. And somehow when they were working on a space shuttle, they burned it up. They burned <laughs> something up. And they yeah. got a lot of money. They got a lot of money. And we were part of fixing, you know, fixing that. And they got a lot of money to upgrade. And that's what you see, too. Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of industries that mm-hmm. that's the best way to get money. Right. You know, so I don't know. I feel like I've talked a lot, but I don't know if I've said anything much. But do you have any questions yourself? Yeah. Um, for our listeners, this is Yvonne Haley, president, founder, for that matter, of Haley Industrial. This is part of our member profile series of podcast and this has been really great content because the bottom line you've been in the industry long enough and accomplished so many things that i don't want to limit the scope to just one particular topic or one particular job i want to do as best a job as we can to go through your career and share some of the lessons that you've learned for other people who might be just starting out and you know as part of our member profile series i want to transition to talking a little bit more about uh your role with associations in the industry, also with us here at Codings Pro, where you've been featured a couple of times. Um, we'll start with the associations. Your affiliations with SSPC and or NACE. Uh, I know you've uh-huh. done some work with regards to standards and whatnot. Uh, what are some of the things that you've done helping the industry on that side? Well, we were uh, meeting um, and going over preparation and um, what I had been part of before that they started that, the, you know, the association was um, I belonged to another organization, and and every year before World of Concrete, we got together, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we would meet, and it was mainly installers and a few de- a few uh, manufacturers. I think Dexatex would come, you know, yep. maybe uh, General Polymers, and you know, we would talk about what the best preparation. And one of the things like we found 
like we tested, for instance, acid etching, right, with the right acid that you can rinse off properly and all that, and then like a scarifier, right? And yep. we found that when you could come in with a scarifying and you're beating up the concrete and trying to create a profile and get rid of stuff, that what happened was you were loose, you were loosening the cement itself from itself. And so you you finish your job and you get it all in and the floor is beautiful. And you and later on, you know, you see like pulling away and you wonder what's that? What's happening? And it pulls away like very slight, but when plants are washing with soaps and chemicals and all that, to, you know, to, to clean their plants, all that seeping in there and getting underneath. And what we found that, you know, that um, you had to do something to prepare that, I mean, to repair that type of preparation. So then we tried, okay, after we did it, we went back. And I think it was RP Coatings in Northern California uh, had a big, their warehouse, and they were doing it. And I know I was doing it here. And they tried, then we said, okay, then let's bead blast it, right? Mm-hmm. And then we bead blast the scarified floor to, like, to try to protect it from pulling away from the concrete. So that's one of the things we were trying to do is to save, to, like, not let's eliminate failures, right? Because yep. failures waste everybody time. And, you know, it may, it doesn't make you feel that good either, you know. And so, you know, so to, to give more, you know, advice to, like, new people getting in the, build, in the business to, like, look out for these things. Like, I would tell people, like, the other thing was, like, moisture vapor. Do you go in and you, you know, they didn't have all the equipment that they have today, right? And so people didn't know that much about it. And we we took it for granted that if a guy poured concrete, he put something underneath that concrete against him and the soil and all that stuff. But we found later on, um, I mean, even in, in, in um, uh, what do you call it, platforms, like second floor. Like, for instance, the first company, the IRS was the first place in Sacramento that found all kinds of moisture problems on this on the upper floors because it was a pan floor and they allowed 30 days to cure. But what about on the bottom? You know, it never mm-hmm. cured. So they had, oh my God, it was like all kinds of stuff going on with that and removing it. It was a big building and all that, you know, carpet and wood. And so the same thing that happens in resins, having problem bonding, other, uh, other types of systems also. So what happened was, first it started with, okay, you grind the floor a little bit and you put down plastic and you duct tape. You go around for every 3,000 feet, you put in like maybe 12, right? And then every 1,000 feet after that. And if in the next day you see moisture, then you know you have a moisture problem mm. and you have to do something about it. And and then the what to do about it was has changed too. because. Um, you know, there's been floor seal technology. There's been coaster. A lot of manufacturers, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, and but what you find out later is, oh, what's important, too, is the rock and the mixture of cement, right? Yes. And so we found there's ASR comes along. That's where you have a big, uh, you have a, um, 
a type of rock in the cement that expands with water. So you mix it with the water, you pour out mm-hmm. the concrete. Before you know it, you get little like pop-outs, 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 you know? Yeah. And of course, if you've got resin on there, uh, you're going to get a pop-out of the resin as well. And if you have wood or something like that, you're still going to get issues underneath it. Maybe sure. a smell of mold. Maybe someone's going to get sick. So what we did as an organization, well, all of us did all this stuff, right? And we belonged in our small group, and all of us belonged into the bigger group. And then we would meet and we would talk about that, you know? What did you find the best way to to to, prepar- to prepare this type of floor for this type of resin? Or, you know, and and that's what one of the main things that working with a with a an organization. I mean, I love to. I used to love to go to World of Concrete because all the classes, people would bring films of like really corrosive areas, like just really, you think, wow, you know. And when I got into my battery plant, and I tried all these ways to solve problems, I go see these films and I'd say, that's how I did it. Okay, I think I'm going to be okay. Somebody else is doing it too, you know. Yep. Or you know, I mean, I think that that is funny, but it feels like you're not alone in how you're doing mm-hmm. stuff, right? And that's probably being a woman that was important as well, mm. um, because I remember um, doing a floor for Nestle, you know, in California, and I remember I, I always I don't know why I did this, but I always tested for moisture, and I always put down test samples. And then with the MMA, where it dries really quickly, you can do a test really quickly, and then you have tools to take it up, the sample, you see if any concrete comes with it, if there's any moisture, and all that. And so, you know, you, you start out like that, and uh, and then when you start sharing that knowledge with other people, before you know it, that's shared and shared and shared. And before you know it, someone writes a paper on it. Someone mm. puts together a, a, I think, I think now you can go online and, and, and say, okay, if you want to do a, um, let's say you want to do a pit, right? That mm. it's going to hold sulfuric acid. You could probably get the instructions online, mm. you know, or at least yep. some guidance you know, some guidance on how to do it. For sure. And I think that, that, that makes things better. I mean, because I think one of the things I think, and I'm not sure, but I, a lot of the coatings were always wonderful because they had a lot of things in them that were just incredible, right? But then it's, it's they, when they started going, like, checking, they found that those things caused cancer, mm. right? Mm. They caused some bad health issues. Correct. And so they had, they had to pull them out. And um, um, I know they made panels like for, for freezers years and years ago, and um, they had asbestos. But, man, they were strong. I mean, you know, they and they didn't cause a problem unless you disturbed them, right? Started drilling or started making a hole in them and mm. stuff like that. So... Someone turned me on to that years ago, you know, and I think it was in, in um, Riverside, but then it came up in City of Industry. And what I did was I encapsulated it with mm. fiberglass. 
And so I didn't have to do any prep really or anything. The resins bonded. I tested the bonding, and we just encapsulated it. Because mm. pulling all that stuff out and putting it in our dumps, all the rain, and we don't have much rain now, but it, we used to get a lot of rain, and rain, it would start moving, right? And it would contaminate more land and more places. So I know I did I did a huge job for Farmer John and, and one for uh, I can't, another guy in the industry and Windsor Foods and, and Riverside. I just encapsulated mm. the, 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 the asbestos. Now, of course, I had an issue with Neutrogena once, and it was, you know, in the tile, right underneath the tile. It wasn't the tile. It was the, the, the uh, glue. And, of course, it had to be, you know, done in a different way because you have to do it all. Special companies do that and remove yep. it and, and, and take it to the landfills mm-hmm. in plastic. So, I mean... The more I think the organizations have really helped in bringing knowledge to everybody, to people, and what they want to, you know, what they want to do, with, you know, in yep. coatings, whether they want to be, you know, um, technical advisors or whatever. But I think it's really done a lot for us. I, I think they they really offer a lot of a lot of knowledge. Years of you know, I remember when I first started going to the thing before. World of Concrete, I met, my dad died young from uh, his work in the Navy and um, uh, uh, chemical poison, chemical kind of disease. And I remember I met like Bob Beatty from Beatty Coatings. He reminded me of my dad and he taught me so much about that kind of thing, you know, because in places like Georgia and, and, and Mississippi and those you know, we were in parts of California, the mountains and stuff. People did a lot of stuff, right? And they and they and they got rid of a lot of stuff that caused a lot of damage. And this way, we can encapsulate that kind of stuff, right? So we save our environment. Right. And so um, that was what I always said. You know, I I could save your you know your investment and in your plant or your, your facility. And at the same time, save our environment. That was one of the things that really was part of my my thought. What do you think so, the potential benefits are when it comes to now combining SSPC and NACE? You're sort of combining the protective coatings, the contractors, if you will, with the more traditional corrosion control audience. What do you think the potential benefits are from that? I know the merger is just in its second year now, but what do you see as some potential, you know, areas of opportunity in the years ahead? Well, I mean, the SSPCA, I mean, the SSPC can actually educate the NACE, you know. NACE has all the corrosion. Sometimes it's just power poles, right? I remember taking a thing with them number of years ago, and all those infrastructures are going bad now. They're wearing out, right? And to fix them back when was 3000 to replace them is 300000 So they're kind of like in between. Well, the FSPC people, the real knowledgeable people in what works in that kind of environment, could actually probably save them money, find them solutions, right, that can 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 help them afford to do all that's needed because there's a lot to be needed. And that whole idea of like 
of uh, encapsulating, right, and giving them strength. Um, I believe there's companies like Sourrise that makes some incredible resins for incredible situations, you know. And uh, I think they're involved with with NACE and SSBC and also, you know, uh, other other organizations. And um, um, I, I work with them on a project where battery batteries were being always being broken down and the parts, you know, put in different piles to go where it had to go outside. And California said, you can't do that anymore. Mm. And so there was a company, uh, Quinecco there in uh, City of Industry. So they went to build a building, right? And they got a contractor and he, he started doing all the pilings and doing the whole thing. And they found that the battery acid in the soil ate all those supports. Right. Mm-hmm. So the option was, do we rip it all out and take all that down, what we've done, or would something work? Well, Salverizen has a solution. They make something that we went out and we dug around every one of them. There was like 72, I don't know, a lot of them. We got all the way around it and we framed and poured their, their um, special concrete. And that their concrete, the more battery acid that hits it, and it's a chemistry type thing. That something is, it always needed sulfuric to like trigger it to get working and get going. But you know now they make it with it, so you just mm. add water, you work with cement, and we redid all those. And they came back and they tested the strength, they tested, tested everything, and they they were allowed to go on and build that building to enclose the battery production. So that's where no one probably, not everybody's heard of of, uh, of Star Rising, right? Mm-hmm. So them coming forward, you know, um, uh, I, I heard about them a long time ago in Nabisco, um, where, you know, because their products also take, um, there's a lot of processes that give off other things when you're, like if you're making crackers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some other things that when you're baking them at that heat and all that stuff, and, and what happens is, is that there's some byproducts that happen, and those byproducts uh, are uh, very corrosive, right? And so I remember doing my first big job with Sour Rising at uh, Nabisco, Lena Park, underneath the ovens. And I, I couldn't freaking believe it. And it had to be done in such a technical way. But I had guys that fit. And I, I loved it. That kind of stuff really, I loved it. I loved learning about it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. for instance, let's talk about like a sewage pipe. Let's talk about a sewage pipe, right? A sewage pipe. You know, I mean, in order to just dig that up and put a new one, I mean, it, there's a lot of bad stuff that's going to get loose there, right? Yep. And and what they found was that another way was to you opened up, you dug a hole over the the opening, and then there was a piece of equipment that was made by someone that works with Solarizing, and it puts in this large large what is it? It's like a like a large um, a pump, a big pump. 
and with a large hose. And what happened was it was it was clean and neutralized what was in there, right? And then they they could take the top of that part off and put something else, and then it would wrap itself around. And what they got was a brand new pipe without ripping it apart. So to me, that's where the two work together in a way, the SSPC mm-hmm. and then the and the corrosion ones. Yep. You know, um, I don't know if I made sense with that. No, I think, but that's how I see it. You know. Yeah, that that's a really interesting connection that makes sense for how it's mutually beneficial for both of those groups. I like to think, by the way, that's also mutually uh, beneficial for the associations and us here at Codings Pro, where we're now an official member magazine. And I want to segue to talking a little bit about that before we close up. Uh, Yvonne, I know you've been profiled and interviewed a couple of times in Codings Pro in the past. I know you've also read a lot of articles on a frequent basis. Uh, yeah. what, what are some of the ways that Codings Pro has helped you over the years? And how does that potentially fit into the association world now? Well, I, you know, I, you end up with a a, um, a problem to solve, right, mm-hmm. for a customer, you know, and you don't know how to do it, and you go and you look through Coding Pro, and you find something, you know, you find the interesting. I'm going way back. It was like finding Wisconsin protective coatings in there, you know, yep. and and looking and finding out what they did, and wanting to know more, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then. I remember having to buy the stuff and paying cash for it off on district in in um, in Vernon for you know G and B and and City of Industry, my first job. But then you know that was that it's it's like a it's like a a go to, right? I hear kids go, oh, you can learn anything on YouTube today, and you probably could, but you know, but if you want it to be good information, you go to some place like Coding Pro, right? Mm-hmm. And you look up, are there any articles on, on dealing with, um, you know, I don't know, um, you know, sewage plants or, 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 or um, have you had so many wonderful articles? You know, what is best for a battery plant or a chemical plant? I mean, like making, making cough medicine. It sounds weird, but remember, I'm trying to protect the environment. And there was a plant in Vernon that made golf medicine that ate the floor all the way down to church. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the, it was the was the glacial acid in the process. You know, and um, it was the glacial acid, and yep. it was through Coding Pro that I found someone that handles glacial acid. Because mm-hmm. I remember GP said no epoxy handles it. You know, Lonnie Sawyer said no epoxy handles it. This one said no epoxy handles it. You know, but then I found someone that did have something that handled it, right? Yep. And I found it in the magazine. Then I called them up and I loved it. And then years later, I'm doing the job for Baxter. And upstairs in a small area, it was small, I saw a glacial acid. I saw a drum. And I, I, I switched out materials. And How I about put that? that one. How about that? You know? <laughs> and so that, yeah. And then, you know what? Years later, they asked Santiago. Santiago, what was that product Yvonne put in there? It's still <laughs> there. It still works, you know. And that's, you know what? That's 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 how that's what's wonderful about a magazine like Coding Pro. Well, we but appreciate you know, that. A lot of good professionals. Oh yeah, there's a lot of wonderful information in there, you know, materials and 
and companies and stuff like that. You know, you you can also, you know, that's where the coding people used to have an organization as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our own small ones, you know. Like Nace has that, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember um, when I used to go to the Nace meetings at Stephen's Steakhouse, I think it was. And um, there was a guy that was like a, he was just a lot of a old timer. And he would say, you know, Yvonne, how, do, how, how would you prep this <laughs> to get a good bond? And yep. I would laugh, you know, and I, I'd tell him how I would, you know. And uh, and they'd say, wow, you know, and that's it. I mean, working together, I think it makes it, uh, you know, it makes it more more true knowledge, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, and because, and, I mean, I heard someone say to me recently on a project, they said, well, look, I'll be gone by the time, you know, in a, whatever. And I'd say, yeah, but don't you want it to go on? That's true. I think that's how I got into the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry yeah. was that, honestly, I, I mean, I could take it to the bank. I'm still there because oh. my work is still there, too. Good point. Haley. You know, and then. Uh, we're on the phone now with Yvonne Haley, founder and president of Haley Industrial. Last question for you, Yvonne. Anyone new to the industry, be it someone new to your company or someone just entering the industry and maybe looking at, you know, AMP and some of the association offerings and things they can do, what would you advise them as far as how to get started and potentially put themselves on a path to success like what you've enjoyed the last few decades? Well, I would tell them to go to Worlds of Concrete uh, this year, this coming year, January, and go and sit and talk with the different the, the different groups like NACE and Coding Pro, and and uh, and get to know that aspect of it as well, and as well as looking, you know, at different manufacturers and and different people selling stuff. But you know, get always find out what what because like this this. Like in the battery industry, right? Um, I know a lot of people there, and they told me, you know what? We're starting up now, the meeting. We'd like you to come, you know, because I know a lot about battery plants. And I said, really? They said, oh, yeah, you've been there from the beginning. And so, you know, I think they should get to know what organizations specialize in their interest and what can offer them good guidance, you know? Yeah. So that, I think it's important. When I first started my company, there weren't there weren't any really, or maybe they were. I didn't know. But when I first started, I I got it. I called on uh, OSHA. I had OSHA come and see me. I called on OSHA, the DOT department, you know, DOT. I called on everything I could think of that could help me, right, in what I needed to do my business, because I did have handle flammables and all that. And I and then you know, and then I thought, well what is this magazine, yep. right? And then I started, wow. Then I started ordering the magazine. You know, and then I cut out pictures. And I said, look, this is how we should do it. Look at how they're doing it. This is perfect. And I think, you know, that's a wonderful way to do it. You know, be humble about it because you yep. want to be the best, you know. And you can talk a lot, but, you know, you do a good job and that talks for itself. So I tell them to get involved. Excellent you know, advice. And, yeah, I think get involved. And so and that's for, what I would say. For anyone who wants to 
ask more or learn more about your career and your company, I'm guessing the best way to do that is HaleyIndustrial.com? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, you know, there might be uh, like a Tom Brokoff, a part of my my uh, thing with the heartbeat of the city. The whole thing is really interesting, though. Because he asked a lot of questions. He had never heard of anything yeah. like this. Yep. Never I was I actually just viewed it before our recording. I can confirm it was very, very interesting. And yep, that's on your website at Haleyindustrial.com. Yeah. It's a short version of it, you know, but it yeah, it's still because yep. most people don't know. You know, I'll tell you, my my granddaughter was going to a school and uh someone bought the land at the bottom of the hill and we're making an underground parking. And the school started falling down. I mean, we couldn't see it. It was a little by little. But it started sinking, you know. And I knew where to go. I went, I called some of the best people in the industry that I know of that handle stuff like that. And they came out and, you know, and and we talked to them about it and what needed to be done, you know. And and that's where that, 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 um, you know, the organizations help. Yep. You know, you find some of the best in the best, right? Yep. Absolutely. And that's that's it. And I consider Haley to be one of the best of the best too. And I think it's because I'm a woman owned and because I had to self teach myself and because I loved it so much. You know, and, and I met the most wonderful people. Yep. For every proof that I met, I met somebody wonderful, you know. And and that's important. Yep. Without and, a doubt. And nobody would know, you know, nobody would know all the stuff about me, you know. Because I don't really talk about it all the time, but you know and stuff. But but I do know a lot, and it's um, and I think I made a difference. Yes, and, absolutely. And so, yeah. so, okay. Well, Yvonne, and you thank you too. so. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. Uh, I think this is the longer version of your little profile interview that we were talking about. If you want the three-minute version, you can check out the HaleyIndustrial.com video. And if you want the longer version, well, that's what we're here for. And Yvonne, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, one last round of plugs for Haley Industrial Coatings and Linings. You go to HaleyIndustrial.com. For us at Coatings Pro, CoatingsForMag.com. And for AMP, it's AMPP.org. For Yvonne Haley, I'm Ben Dubose. Thanks as always for listening. And please come back soon for another new episode from the Coatings Pro interview series.